Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. When you go on the iPad, it's such a unique device in itself. It's one of the only devices in Apple's lineup that has multiple input mechanisms. Like people use their iPad with an Apple Pencil. People use it with a keyboard, with a trackpad. And touch is definitely the most important thing. So having secondary interactions on an iPad becomes all the more important. You know, keyboard shortcuts, contextual menus, they're all very important on the iPad. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. As the summer progresses, more and more developers have had a chance to dive deeper into what iPadOS 15 will mean when it launches this fall. In this episode, I'm joined by Vidit Bhargava, the developer behind my favorite dictionary app, LookUp. This is an app that fully takes advantage of every platform it is on. The app just received a major update to version 7.5 that takes much better advantage of the iPad. In this episode, we discuss LookUp in general, but also the 7.5 update and spend a good amount of time discussing iPadOS 15 features and the potential of iPadOS 15 features for future versions of LookUp, as well as how other developers might take advantage of these new APIs. As a reminder, you can now financially support iPad Pros in two different places. First off, patreon.com slash iPadPros. Get episodes early and with embedded MP3 chapter markers by supporting the podcast at any tier. Bonus content is also available at the higher tiers. You can also now subscribe to Epic Pros in Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is an all-inclusive single subscription, so you'll get all the bonus shows plus episodes early by subscribing to the show in Apple Podcasts. By default, subscriptions are monthly, but if you go into the subscription settings in the settings app, you can switch it to a yearly plan. My thanks to everyone that currently or has in the past supported the podcast financially. This podcast is not a quick podcast to produce, and your support is greatly, greatly appreciated. You can also support the podcast for free simply by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. The reviews help send the right signals to Apple to show this podcast more in search, helping others discover the show. If you have a minute today, I'd really appreciate you opening up the podcast app and leaving a review. My thanks to everyone that has already done so. With that, here's my interview with Vidit, all about LookUp and iPadOS 15. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Vidit. Can you first introduce yourself and what the role of the iPad is in your own life? I'm Vidit. I'm a UI designer and app developer based out of New Delhi, India. Uh, and I work on a dictionary app called LookUp. Um, it's available on all the Apple platforms. Uh, I've been using the iPad since 2011. Uh, I, got, I first got an iPad 2. I've never really uh, like looked back after that. And always, you know, it has went on to gradually take away all the tasks that I usually did on my computer to my iPad to the point like uh, right now I'm only using my Mac to design software and develop software. Uh, most of the every, uh, most of everything else that I do is, is on my iPad. That's awesome. Do you see Swift Playgrounds taking the place of Xcode for some simpler projects that may come in the future? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to try it out. I've used Swift Playgrounds on the iPad before. While it's such a like useful learning tool, it's never been like that. It's never been able to create a workflow where I can take stuff from Swift UI to Xcode. The redesign and uh, you know the upload capabilities of the new Swift Playgrounds app, they look really exciting. So I'm, I'm eager to try it out. 
and uh, see how many projects I can transfer to that. Uh, first, I want to just talk about Lookup. Uh, so it's now at version 7.5. And before we dive into all the new stuff in there, can you first share what Lookup is and who the app is for? So Lookup is an English dictionary and a vocabulary building tool. And uh, the purpose of the app is to you know, simplify the experience of like learning English, make it less intimidating to new English speakers. You know, when you open a dictionary, it can sometimes be a little intimidating because there's so many words in there and uh, you have to jump through so many senses. And sometimes the definitions, you know, they really like an image would really help in a definition. Yeah. And the experience of uh, using a dictionary for me, at least, was like it only gave me part of a picture and never gave me the entire picture of a definition. That's a need that I had while studying in school. That's something that I try to address uh, uh, with Luca. So it's it's a learning tool for anybody who's learning English as a secondary language or, you know, preparing for proficiency tests like GRE or SAT, where English uh, proficiency is, you know, uh, a major component of uh, uh, the testing process. Yeah, and it's a really fantastic app. And as you said, the imagery really is not only beautiful, but it's helpful learning this language. And uh, I'm curious, are those images auto-generated in some smart way or are those kind of handcrafted and built out over time as you extend this library further? They are handcrafted and I curate the words almost like, you know, half an hour before publishing it to the app. So sometimes it would be uh, situational. So recently we had the World Emoji Day. So the mm -hmm. word of the day was emoji. So it, it wasn't something that I had pre-planned. And like I was browsing through Twitter and I realized was, today is the emoji day. So I just created a, uh, a word of the day that had like a bunch of emoji in it. And so, yeah, like it's a very hand curated 30, 45 minute process that I go through every day, pick up a few words and uh, create a word of the day. So it's everything is the word of the days are all handcrafted and uh, 30, 45 minutes a day uh, of your time to, to do this. And it's part of this kind of helping you learn English as well as you uh, pick out these words a day and spend this time uh, doing this every day. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes I would discover a word uh, while reading the uh, while reading a book. I, I would like mark it, I'll add it to a collection and say, OK, this is something that I want to get back to and create a word of the day out of it because it's something that I learned today. And so that's that's definitely a part of the process. You know, something sometimes you know a word comes up that I that I really like, and yeah, and it becomes the word of the day. <laughs> yeah, what's your like pipeline for managing like what words you want to tackle? And also, the images all look like they're part of the same family. Is your background also in kind of graphic design and kind of what's your approach to creating these images? So, by education, I'm. I'm a manufacturing engineer, but I've always been passionate about uh, like visual design and UI design. And uh, like I've been practicing doing it ever since uh, I was in high school. So, so yeah, that's like just years of practice and, you know, building on uh, like the learning process. It's, it's been a self-learning process. Yeah, the, the workflow is pretty simple. I try to keep the words in that are, you know, either you know, they're a part of, you know, people's learning uh, like GRE words, uh, like there are very specific kinds of GRE words mm -hmm. or SAT words. You know, they usually form bulk of the word of the day lineup. And then, you know, something interesting that comes up uh, while I'm reading 
like that would be an occasional word of the day but usually it's it's pretty much uh, you know gre focused or sat focused so you know st- st- students who are uh 14 15 or even you know early 20s like they are the target audience for these words of the day okay yeah and what app do you use to create the images sketch uh i know it's a ui design tool but yeah. uh, <laughs> the the libraries feature and you know the vector drawing tools they've been like they've like somehow fit together uh to form the perfect uh, workflow for me to create the word of the day That's awesome. like i use the libraries features and symbols to like reuse components so that it creates like a sense of uh identity uh, for f- similar identity for the word of the day and i don't know if i would be able to like take it over to any other app yeah no i get it and yeah no use the tool you know best right yeah so the app is such a great citizen on all of the platforms you know the apple watch app has this awesome complication that updates with the word of the day how have you kind of taken advantage of all the various platforms to show their strengths and and use lookup in creative ways depending on where it lives each of the platforms that lookup is on is uh, really uh, has some really really interesting constraints and capabilities like the watch you mentioned it's a platform where short interactions and glanceability is the prime focus it's uh, you're never like really going to spend like a minute on an app on the watcher as it's usually going to be in seconds and even in seconds it's usually going to be like 4 or 5 seconds that you look at an app having things like what part of the ui goes above the fold uh what part of the ui is quickly interactable uh those of the things become more and more important uh on the watch and it's a very focused environment so even though like we have all of the features of the ios app on watchos like you can take quizzes you can add words to collections they're all uniquely designed in a way to you know enable short interactions uh to enable glanceability so when you search for a word you'll you'll see a short definition on the watch which is like which is available nowhere else because the watch is such a unique platform where we you really need to see something like in a glanceable format and that's how i designed for the watch when you go on the ipad it's such a unique device in itself it's one of the only devices in apple's lineup that has multiple input mechanisms like people use their ipad with an apple pencil people use it with a keyboard with a trackpad and touch is definitely the most important thing so having secondary interactions on an ipad becomes all the more important you know keyboard shortcuts contextual menus they're all very important on the ipad and then when you move to the mac it's it's a completely new paradigm where point and click interactions and multiple windows and people have a like mac is such an old platform at this point that people expect their apps to behave in a certain way yeah. they expect certain shortcuts to work and when they don't work their experience is jarring because there's like years of muscle memory uh that has been built on and uh, and so designing for macos was like a really uh, fun and challenging exercise you know you had to be like you ha- the app has to fit in with the platform so much more uh like so much more better than iOS or watchOS where where the platform is also growing with the apps whereas mac is you know it has been around for more than uh, more than uh, two decades now mac os 10 and the interactions and and the shortcuts and 
everything is so much into people's muscle memory that you have to be so much more of a good citizen on the macOS side of things. So that was a that was its own uh, design challenge. Yeah, and you mentioned the iPad um, with all the different inputs. Have you considered? I know the app is for learning what the words mean, but have you considered like an Apple um, Pencil mode where you're actually learning to write the words out either in cursive or print? I haven't really uh, considered that, but that's a that's a great idea. I mean, I have been thinking about how I could use the Apple Pencil, and uh, one of the things was being able to annotate the words, but uh, yeah, like being able to write down certain words and uh, learning how to write them is also going to be really, really useful. Yeah, excellent. So the app is pretty broad as far as like, it can be used as a dictionary, the SOAR as a translator, and there's these collections and there's even like a study mode and quizzes. It sounds like the student is at the prime focus of, of the app with all these different uh, components. Absolutely. Like students have uh, been one of the biggest users of the app. Like people uh, write to us, uh, saying, write to me saying that uh, it has helped them with their GRE preparations or their TOEFL preparations. And, you know, once students like write that, they have they have requests as well. Like a lot of people uh, a couple of years ago had started requesting, oh, we'd love to have a flashcards feature. We'd love to have something that we can, you know, remember these words, collecting them is fine. That's when I thought of, uh, you, you know, some, some sort of an interactive element where the users can learn would be great. And that's how quizzes came up. So yeah, the entire workflow is designed in a way that, you know, if you're learning English as a secondary language, it could be for an exam or it could be just simply, you know, improving your vocabulary to, you know, there are a lot of people for whom English is a secondary or maybe even a third language where, you know, they're in a new workplace environment and, and they want to be able to, you know, converse better in English. And so they, they use the app to collect words and uh, categorize them in a way that, that helps them learn. So it's not necessarily like, you know, it's only for students, but students definitely form the bulk of the user base. Yeah. So how do the quizzes work? Like what's, what, what is a quiz within Lookup? So when a user searches for a word, uh, they can collect them and add them to different collections. And once you've added words into a collection, say you have like around 10 or 15 words in a collection, you can tap on the take, take quiz button. And, and it's, it's like, a, so if you're familiar with the iPod game called Music Trivia, that, that game pre-installed back in the days of the iPod Nano. Yeah. It used to take your music library and it used to, go through the metadata and form like a multiple choice uh, questionnaire of around 20, 30 questions. And like the quizzes feature in Lookup is based on a similar concept. It's, it takes the words in your collection and it goes through the definitions. It goes through the example sentences and it forms 20 to 30 questions uh, or like 20, 30 random questions that, uh, that are based on the definitions, the example sentences, the synonyms, and uh, the antonyms, all of these things come together to form like a question base. And then the user is presented with like 10 questions um, around those words. So they can like quickly learn those words uh, through exercises like fill in the blank and there'd be an example sentence and there'd be three choices. And then you pick the most relevant word out of it. Nice. Yeah. Or, it tells you the definition and then says which of which of these words fits best. Is there also a flashcard mode? Uh, not really. It's something that's that's been on my uh, 
to-do list for some time now and hopefully like the next major release will have one uh but i start i wanted to start with quizzes because it's the more interactive component yeah it's it's something that you know users will um users learn like like to learn through uh way much too yeah i'm remembering back to when the ipad air t- uh, no, when the iPad 2 came out and the smart cover was a new thing, that was like the big innovation of the iPad 2. And uh, the Evernote company released like a flashcard app that used uh, yeah. like the smart cover and you lift it up. Yeah, I remember using that. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah, this was before people put passcodes on their iPad uh, to any great extent, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's I, I remember using that app now that you mention it. It, it had a really cool interface to it. Like, uh, wooden textures in the background and uh, yeah I, i've used that app <laughs> yeah uh that, yeah just thinking of flashcards that 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 app i don't think would work today because of as it's about passcodes and also the keyboard covers are a little bit more uh cumbersome for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when ipad was 15 hits um there's a lot of things coming with that and first off we're getting widgets on the ipad as well as this new extra large size class so have you wrapped your head around what an extra large widget would look like for lookup yeah i've been playing around with ipad os 15 for some time and uh, the extra large widgets like they really seem very useful for like information rich experiences or, like visually rich experiences and uh, experiences where there's a lot of information uh, these are the two areas where i felt like uh, extra large widgets are uh, are really really good like for example the widget on my home screen uh, right now is an extra large photos widget and and the beautiful images like really shine through through that um, um, like extra large widget and so like word of the day is a natural fit um, where I can add like a word of the day graphic in the background have the definition probably add a little bit more because the widget is so big there's there's even room after that like after that there's even room for some quick interactions like being able to like a word and added to a collection of course right now um like you have to launch the app but i can envision a future where uh you know those interactions would be uh within the widget itself yeah that would be great so yeah word of the day is definitely there and uh for collections too it seems like a great place to be able to show some select words from a collection where the user can like quickly glance through them uh, if they want to put it on their home screen right yeah are you using widgets on the iPhone much with your current kind of size classes? And what kind of utility do you find uh, from those for you? I have like a smart stack widget on the home screen of my iPhone. It's it's a stack of uh, a couple of apps that I use frequently. And uh, my utility from that is like being able to quickly glance. Yeah. So like one of the widgets is Waterminder. I can quickly glance through, you know, how much water I've had in the day and uh like the other one is the fitness widget and like these like these are like information bits that are really really useful uh when they're at the top of the screen because like that area is usually not that uh, well reachable for any sort of interaction so i thought maybe you know just put put one small smart stack over there and you know i can quickly glance through a lot of information for the, yeah. through that so uh this fall uh with iPadOS 15 we're also getting quick notes have you dug around with this yet and uh, do you do you know can apps interact with it in the way like Safari can, or is that 
the deep linking a Safari only thing? Yeah, it's it's a pretty simple API too. Like apps can definitely interact with it, and I I played around with the uh, Quick Notes API in the first beta as well. It's it's very simple. It's based on the NS user activity. So if if you're like a modern day iPad OS app that has state restoration and that has multiple window support, it's it's like a two lines of code where you can like simply attach uh, like the Quick Notes API to that. And once the user like opens up a Quick Note in that particular context of the app, they'll be able to stick it to that uh, context. So if a user is searching for a word and they want to annotate. Uh, that word with some sort of like their own notes or their own images that they put in quick note they can just sim- simply uh, swipe up from a corner and uh, have that quick note pinned to that that particular word that's super cool so all they need to be doing uh, when this update rolls out is have that word open because the the words are open full screen kind of so it knows which word you're looking at and just automatically does it. You don't need to highlight anything within the app. It's just like it's it's there. You just hit the plus button within Quick Notes to make sure it ties it. Yeah. Okay. And how has Quick Notes changed how you use the iPad? Has it been very useful for you? I've annotated a couple of like websites right now and uh, I'm eager to see like what more, like how more and more apps uh, use the Quick Notes feature um, like h- how they enable the quick notes feature to let users use it. But uh, like in Safari itself, I've been able to annotate a couple of times and I've like used it to you know quickly scribble down bits of text that that I would otherwise open uh, some other app for. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually had like a sample project built in just to be able to scribble stuff on my iPad. <laughs> so now that has been taken uh, care of with quick notes. Yeah, very cool. Uh, SharePlay. This is one of those features I think uh, developers need to get very creative with uh, much more so than Quick Notes. Uh, do you envision any kind of cool uses of it for lookup, like a study mode with friends or something? Yes, definitely. That's that's definitely on my mind. Where uh, peer learning is a very is a very common thing amongst among students, where where they want to you know study with amongst a group of four or five, uh, a, a four a group of four or five students would want to study together, and uh, like. Being able to you know interact with with the app while you FaceTime your friends, like that's going to be useful. Uh, at the same time, I I, I remain cautiously opt- optimistic about the fact that people would like group FaceTime and start studying on Lookup. Yeah, uh, I I suppose like group FaceTime calls are more for fun and uh, uh, less about studying, but. Uh, it's definitely something that I'm exploring where, you know, I let users, so even if it's like two users, they can compete with each other over uh, different words and, uh, you know, they can compete with each other over different words and quizzes. They can take the same quiz and then they can evaluate the results. Uh, that sort of a thing is going to be really, really useful. So besides the better multitasking we're getting, we're also getting like a new window type. Uh, you can see this in Apple Mail where you can open up a new window and then you can even drag that window into split screen or slide over. And what I really like about this is when you're done with it, there's a little done button and it closes it. So you're not having to clean up the apps like you have when you just open the full app. Um, so first off, do you envision this new window typing a big deal um, for lookup and other apps this fall? It's a very interesting idea because like central window seems like a, a start to something uh, something more, uh, you know, akin to floating windows on Mac OS because yeah. like the window looks so similar to how the quick notes window shows up. Like the quick notes window is resizable 
whereas uh, like this one's a fixed size but uh, and it's stuck in the center but yeah and right now you can drag it to split screen but what you're saying is how cool would it be if you could just drag it to the side and hide it and like pop it out like you can quick notes exactly and and you know even if you're able to like resize it and and that sort of a thing i can particularly see for lookup i can see like i have uh, i already have like a contextual menu that says uh, open a certain item in new window and i can see enabling uh, central windows for that because uh, the way central windows work right now is like you uh, you can tie it to a particular element and then you can uh, simply like open up a window and slide it over to different parts and that seems like the like once a lot of app starts using it that would be the go to interaction and people will start expecting that so i can totally see me uh, going from the programmatical method of opening new windows to uh, just using the central window uh, paradigm for the ipad os yeah and what are your kind of overall thoughts on this refined multitasking system which is much more touch friendly this time around i think something that really makes it uh, even more useful is the fact that the app library is in the dock so practically every app is accessible for multitasking like previously you know if the app wasn't there uh, uh, on the in the inside the dock it would be really difficult to launch it for uh, split screen multitasking yeah unless you had a you had to have a keyboard right before <laughs> yeah i've had experiences where i would you know uh, swipe up to the home screen open the app and then go back to the previous app hoping it would like show up in the right side of the dock yeah and then drag that window out and that that seems to be gone now so it's definitely a very very uh, cleaned up process with ipad os 15 like they've really focused on uh, being able to make multitasking more discoverable and uh, you know, more intuitive to the user and i think the the app library inside the dock goes a long way in helping with that i'm curious to see how like how they move on from here and you know if they embrace uh, like external display support and all of the other things and like how how would they you know transition to that because you know, if you once you start using like a 30 inch screen it becomes ridiculous to just have <laughs> one app open yeah agreed uh, yeah on that screen <laughs> yeah i can see that menu expanding that little uh triple dot menu expanding to say open in external display and they they can yeah. extend this in many ways and it's really nice you can just yeah. drag that triple dot downwards to like uh, move that app to the side for you to navigate your entire home screen and uh even though you have the app yeah. on the dock you can just go to the home screen and pick out an app and widgets you can drag those in and it becomes an app when you drag the widget into multitasking which is really cool oh wow i hadn't discovered that and, and that sounds like a uh, a really good touch as well it's it's like the classic apple touch yeah uh, like i remember once they once i was looking at one of these wwdc sessions about how they like they were explaining how they designed for the iPhone 10 and there were so many little touches to the to the animations and to the interactions of swiping up from the bottom of the screen like they were talking in all the detail about it and i was like yeah like this is what you have like this is what we have begun to expect from apple and that's like multitasking seems like one of those things right now yeah for sure so uh live text that's coming this fall and this has been blowing me away almost on a daily basis of me discovering uh stuff within search that i didn't think uh was discoverable and there it comes <laughs> um your app has like a scanning words feature 
how do you see these two interacting and like what 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 do you think of live text and how it implications for lookup live text is definitely something that you know people will pick up using in other apps and they would begin to expect it to be in lookup as well and well, scan words is a very dedicated feature for lookup it does a bunch of a uh, bunch of natural processing uh, as well once it scans the words uh, scans the words so it is it, looking for determiners and you know words that are usually like you would not look up inside an app for example determiners like the and i you know these sort of words yeah. you, you won't look for uh, while you know uh, a live text recognizer would recognize all of these words and so the app is doing a bit of natural language processing to see which of these words are actually useful for the user and they present only those words to the user like the app presents only those words to the user when they scan from uh, the scan words feature and it's also combining words which need to be combined so if, for example you're looking at a sentence that has the word costa rica in it and uh, like the app knows costa rica is a country and it's one one term as opposed to two distinct words so it clubs those words together so that you can actually look up that something useful so like these are the little details like that are dedicated to look up and uh, like that wouldn't be useful anywhere else so scanwords is uh, like gains in those uh, in those ways over something like live text which is a more generic feature but where i see live text really uh, shining is like it becomes like a natural board of interaction once people start seeing that uh, button for live text in every other app that they use so they'll start expecting for it as well they'll start expecting it in lookup they'll start expecting it in the other apps they'll like hope to see it everywhere so whatever like uh, scanwords gains in the you know natural language processing like live text gains in uh, the discoverability and the convenience of it and i can see a place where you know uh, both of those features can coexist yeah that scanning feature sounds super smart cuz yeah you wouldn't want to be searching for you know all the words in a sentence uh, if you're reading a book you just want the one hard one <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh collections we spoke about earlier and there's a couple built in like sat prep um are is there a way to like share collections that someone makes is that something that you've thought about uh for like students that are in the same class and may want to share different collections of word yes uh that's something that i've definitely thought about and like it was previously like a restriction uh for core database apps uh, with like shared containers weren't possible and with ios 15 uh that restriction is uh, now over and like uh, core data apps can also have like shared containers and cloud kit so it's it's something that's on the cards for the next major release uh where i allow like uh, where where you can basically do like a sharing feature like how notes does where you can add in people and they can all see the same collection and uh, interact with it right now with lookup 7.5 uh, one of the features i've built is uh, being able to share a pdf so you can export a collection as a pdf of words and then share it with your friends that'd be really useful as a teacher as well if you're just like have students here all these words as a pdf yeah exactly yeah because like you have a bunch of words and you collect for your students and then you can just you know print it out and it, it prints out with a short definition and and it's it's got everything like pre-formatted for the for the readers so yeah uh, what kind of collections have you built for yourself that aren't kind of bundled into the app so i use the app basically while reading books 
so i'm i'm a avid book reader as well and that's where i find like dictionary apps to be most useful where when i'm you know, reading a book and i find a particularly difficult word i'll just go to look up and search for it so all my collections are named by the books that i'm reading so like that's that's like out of the 32 collections i have on my app right now like i think 17 yeah. of them are, are are names of books that i've read in the past like 6 to 6 to 8 months then there's a collection for uh, words that i have discovered serendipitously you know over the internet or or while reading something like like an article uh so there's a collection for that there's a food collection where where i collect like new foods that i discover so yeah like that from like books from the bulk of my collections and then like uh, you know one collection for words that i discovered while reading and one collection where you know i store words like that are food related and so yeah i i suppose if i if i was studying for you know an exam i would probably uh, have that uh, collection be based on that exams words as well so so yeah like uh, that's that's a gamut yeah i'm thinking back of when i was going through school and yeah there were a lot of words that just like this would be super handy to collect in this kind of way uh to build these collections out do you find yourself using shortcuts to do that like you have a shortcut built out to grab clipboard and add to collection or what's kind of your process for building the collections out yeah if i'm if i'm going through a particularly lengthy reading session and uh, i would just simply add words to my notes app mm-hmm. and then you know run run it through a collection that takes all the words in that particular note and uh, adds them to my uh, adds them to a collection that i select while running while running that uh, shortcut and then i have it in, inside my app so i can like uh, i can loop in that action of you know adding a particular word to a collection to to a notes action that puts like uh, that presents a list of words for me yeah and if you're using um the ipad to read you could actually you know use quick notes to make right put the yeah. words exactly and exactly ha- have you seen users create some like creative shortcuts out of the actions that you've you've made available like what kind of things have you seen Uh, made for your app i've seen a lot of uh, like daily routine shortcuts where users would uh have the word of the day shortcut in a daily routine and they pass it through you know some sort of a you know text based summary that would say oh today's word of the day is this and then the weather is this and all of that so i've seen i've seen users do that and like as you can probably remember like this was the big biggest thing when the shortcuts app released oh yeah uh in ios 12 <laughs> so so that a lot of users have done some of the users have uh, embraced the add to collection shortcut as well but that's that's a very power user tool gotcha yep i'm hopeful when when the shortcuts come to the mac a lot more users start using it because mac is where people really want to customize stuff yeah and you have built out quite a lot of actions in there which is really handy if you kind of wrap your head around what you can do in there yeah like they're all in anticipation for uh, shortcuts on mac os i've been thinking about ways in which people would want to uh, interact with the app uh, on mac os and i've been trying to you know map out all the actions that are possible in the app to uh, you know possible potential shortcuts actions where the user can just uh, quickly build a shortcut that they have in the menu bar and uh, uh, run it through yeah excellent yeah so uh 
Uh, it is now out, and it really shines on the iPad. You've done a lot of enhancements for iPad. Not only is there a sidebar, which is kind of the new thing for iPads uh, since 14 was released, but there's an option for optimizing for larger displays with more columns if you got that 12.9-inch. And there's drag-and-drop with multi-window. Um, can you speak a little bit about this big update for the iPad and how you're taking advantage of, of all the iPad-y things? Yeah, like, this update has been on the cards ever since uh, iOS 14 came out and like there was a big push for the iPad redesign. Like I have wanted to uh, like make a make a you know like redesign that that closely mimics how uh the app is used on the mac to how it's used on an ipad on especially on the larger ipads where you're already using like a 13 inch screen so why not take like make the full use of it and uh, in a way like the apple's design notes uh they seem to emphasize as well you know flatter navigation and uh fewer uh you know, full screen interactions. And so I've always wanted to, like, in the last one year, like, I've wanted to redesign the app uh, for that particular experience. My apprehensions came from using a really, really small iPad at that time. It's like a 10.5 inch iPad, yeah. the 2017 model. And I never really got my ha- head around, uh, you know, how can I, like, uh, you know, use a sidebar without taking a lot of screen space. And once I started looking at the larger iPad, it became really, really obvious. Like, this is the way to go. So yeah, like much of the redesigns are based on that. Since the iPad is such a like multi-input, multi-interaction tool, you're constantly switching contexts. You're either touching the screen, you're you're using the keyboard for your interactions, you're using the trackpad now, and all of these things, you know, need to work perfectly. You know, if if the app like fails in one of these interactions, it becomes immediately apparent to the like users, like to the avid users of the iPad that oh, I can't use it in with the keyboard, or maybe you know I have to constantly touch it, and it becomes so much more harder to use at that point. Yeah, that was also one of the intentions. You know, support multiple input mechanisms, support. Uh, you know, secondary actions for all of the actions inside of the app. And and that's how like drag and drop and, you know, contextual menus and keyboard shortcuts came about. Supporting all of that, like uh, multiple inputs in a way that you, like the user should not have to worry, oh, I have to switch context now, or I have to, uh, you know, go to a touch screen mode, I have to touch the screen. Like everything is interactable with the keyboard. Everything is interactable with the trackpad. And you've probably seen the full keyboard navigation in iPadOS 15. Does kind of your paradigm of how the keyboard should work uh, fit well with this new paradigm? Yeah, pretty much so. Uh, like uh, the, if you press tab in the current app as well, uh, it would take you to the like writer column. Mm-hmm. Like if there are three columns, it would take you to the column that's on the right. And uh, yeah, so right now it's pretty much like I would say it's it's almost there. And with the new like focus engine and like iPad OS 15 improvements, it, it would become like even more uh, robust. Excellent. Yeah. And what are some of your favorite keyboard shortcuts to actually use in Lookup? You can use a lot of single key shortcuts inside Lookup. So you can just press L to like a word, or you can press C to add it to a collection. It would open like an add to collection window for you. You can press Q to start taking a quiz on a particular collection. There's a lot of like single key shortcuts. And those are the ones that I find really useful because like, you know, they're so quick. You don't even have to like press command or, uh, you know, you, you don't even have to do like a command L kind of thing. Just press L and it would 
it would instantly like the word for you and so yeah like single key shortcuts are my favorite yeah that those sound super handy so something that just made me smile when using your app was the settings uh screen and they're just very it's all very well designed and especially the notification timeline it's you know it has a solar timeline looking thing where it'll tell you what time you'll be notified you know you have options for basically every hour and so you're you can pick out hey i want to see the word of the day at 3 p.m uh do it then so it's kind of like an expected behavior and it's also just a very elegant way of doing this what what came about to, to inspire this this way of doing this i've not not seen this before yeah i was like like this this feature came around last year early in march and i was trying with the idea of you know time notifications like previously they were only uh like whenever the word of the day was available and a lot of users uh, wanted to ask like uh, you know can we have it set to a particular time so that you know we don't get a notification at 3 am at night or right. we don't get a notification at because time zones like i would upload it at like 12 am just to be you know in the pacific time and you know have it in the daytime like a lot of users would have this difficulty that's when this feature came around and i was trying with the idea of using like a standard control and the standard control is very like it's fine for uh, picking up time but it's also very granular and people like want to they don't want like a they don't want a word of the day notification at 7:55 am they want a word of the day notification in the morning in the afternoon or evening so like that's their intent they don't really uh, like want too many like granular settings yeah and that's when the idea like came about you know maybe we can do like a solar thing where i can uh, have like three buttons that say morning afternoon and evening and if you want to interact have it have it come at a particular time then you can interact with the solar uh, slider that that works like similar to the apple watch solar watch face where there's where where you have like the midday is at the top and uh, then you have like a, a simple like curve that says okay so this is sunset and this is sunrise and so yeah like that's that's how the interaction came about this might be overkill but have you thought of integrating location and figuring out uh sunrise sunset and like solar noon times and having an option to show me the word of the day at sunset every day as a thing that's a that's a great idea and uh, yeah like as i was describing this feature to you uh, i was also thinking about the same thing you know it would be cool to uh, be able to see the sunset times of a particular location yeah. and then uh, you know take that curve in a way that puts the sunset in in the like accurate position as opposed to uh, like a generic view right now. Yeah, and it can move throughout the year <laughs> automatically. Um I don't know if you'd need to integrate weather APIs which cost money. So I'm not sure if that's a thing or if uh, sunrise yeah. sunsets are simpler than that and wouldn't require that. So um yeah, I'm just thinking about that. Do you have any favorite little touches in the app that we haven't spoken about yet? I think really like how like how the scan words feature came about and I I think it discussed previously as well like uh, in one of the questions previously how how it combines the words which which it thinks is you know more appropriate to combine and how it like discards certain phrases i always you know when i'm like scanning for a word in lookup i'm always skeptical you know would it pick the right word would it pick all of the uh, craft around it and i've 
I've been surprised at how good that feature turned out for myself. Uh, like myself, like I, I didn't think about it uh, to be that good and that accurate. I was hoping it to be, you know, it would pick up some of the other word. But yeah, like uh, that little touch about, you know, being able to pick the appropriate word once you're scanning them. Uh, that has always delighted me uh, and surprised me, even, you know, even though I programmed it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that's that's one of the features. And then the other one is being, this one came about when I was redesigning the watch app last year. That uh, once you start, like if you're looking at a word and you want to add, add that word to a new collection on the watch, you can like tap add new collection and it would try to uh, like assign a collection name to that uh, particular word because if the word is starting that collection, so it will look at the words uh, domains, and uh, part figure of speech like is it a pronoun is it a noun uh in what sort of domain is it is it a formal domain is it uh is it in a sports domain or is it in a like an informal domain or a humorous domain and it would assign a collection name based on that like automatically and there's a bit of shuffling as well so so you know if you have like it's in a humorous domain it's a verb it would like to try to pick up one word that uh, suits the collection name and like this sort of like smart collection names they came in like with the watch os last year and they were such a lit nice little touch uh that uh i felt like you know i could bring it to the ios and mac os as well and that has uh that has been really useful like some of the times like i'm i'm adding a word to a new collection and i don't know how to name it and like there's an instant like smart name uh for it instead of you know new collection or new collection one new collection two now now there are smarter names like adjective uh humorous or formal and uh, that's an easier to pick uh, uh collection name so that's like an like a little touch that actually started in a very uh on a very small platform and started because of a constraint and it's now like being of utility on the biggest of platforms like mac os yeah i'm uh, playing around with the watch app now as you're speaking and yeah i that, that's super clever how you do that uh, do you know on the watch um could you build out a shortcut on the watch where you open up the shortcuts app it asks for an input it gets like a uh, dictation input in the shortcuts app and then adds it to like a predefined collection that you already set up or are the shortcut actions kind of only available on ios at this point it should uh it should with the latest like 7.5 update it should add to the collection but i've not really like had a lot of time to play around with shortcuts because like the editor is not visible inside the watchOS app so like that's that's one uh interesting constraint with that but yeah i think it should technically uh do that because like they're enabled by default. Yeah, I'll have to play around with that. Because yeah, as you said, you have to build the shortcut for the watch on the phone. <laughs> and then, yeah, because I do use a fair amount of shortcuts in my uh, watch. I've got like uh, the shortcut widget on my, or complication on my watch just pulls up a list of all my watch shortcuts and I just tap it and then, you know, runs the shortcuts and um, they're very handy. So I'll have to play around with what I can do on the watch for lookup. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, like uh, watcher shortcuts were definitely something like that were uh, like that you found like missing from workflow on the Apple Watch. Like uh, and like I was like hoping to like use it even more often now that you know it's like more system integrated. And uh, like once they came about, I was like, okay, now they're there. I'll play around with it, and uh, I've never really had like a big opportunity to uh, like curate my shortcuts list on the watch os 
as I've done on my uh, iPhone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anything else about Lookup or the iPad that you want to share before we wrap it up? I guess that's about it for for now, at least. Like, it's been a major update. It's been a major rewrite as well. Uh, like I've not rewritten it in Swift UI, but uh, I've like redesigned the app internally in a way that makes it more easier to bring uh, new features to all platforms. And it seems like a good time to do, do that because you no, know, like with macOS Monterey and iPadOS 15, so many features are shared that it would really help uh, if like all of these features are integrated together. So yeah, I'm excited about like what new updates come out and uh, like how I'm able to integrate with them. For sure, yeah, and uh, your apps, your apps, I should say, because it's one app, but uh, a great app on many platforms yeah um yeah it's fantastic so uh download lookup it's on the app store uh, where can people find more inf- information about uh, lookup and you have a couple of other apps out there i know yeah like they can visit my twitter account uh, it's at with it be and uh, like i usually post about my app over there there's a twitter account for lookup as well uh if you're like only looking for lookup related news and not uh, all of the other things that i tweet about uh like movies and uh, cricket matches <laughs> um, <laughs> so like um, there's a twitter account for lookup as well it's called lookup underscore ios and uh, that's where you get all of the lookup related information excellent well thank you so much for your time today it's been just fascinating hearing about this app i use pretty much every day thank you that's that's great to hear it's, it's always uh, like i'm honored to be you know, on people's phones well that's my interview with Vidit all about lookup and ipad os 15 my thanks to him for his time recording this episode, and my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. As a reminder, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash iPadPros, or by subscribing to the show in Apple Podcasts. Thank you again for listening, and with that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.